Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the One Up Formula Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan J. Ingram here, and we are now diving into the solo episode. And on the solo episodes, we break down what we heard last week from our guests, and I take one of their one-up formulas and I try it out for myself. So I want to talk about something that I've already been doing related to the one-up formula that Ross mentioned last week. And speaking of Ross, his account at Corporate Bro, if you are not following that account, I highly encourage you to do so because it will definitely make you laugh. Number two, though, is if you have not listened to that interview, please go do so. It will not disappoint you. If you just want to get a deeper understanding of how people create content and how they create just characters and be more involved in their process of creation, this is a podcast to listen to. Easily one of my favorite interviews I've done so far. It could have gone for three hours. That's why we're doing a part two. Find some time when you're working out, taking a walk. You just want to listen to some more of the podcast. Go listen to episode 19 with Ross, a.k.a. Corporate Bro. And before I go into this solo episode, I want you all to do one thing for me on Instagram at Morgan J. Ingram. If you could tell us what was your number one takeaway from episode 19. What did you learn from Ross as he was giving out his one up formulas? And once you figure out whatever that is, I want you to go to Instagram, make a story, tag me at Morgan J. Ingram, and then tag Corporate Bro at Corporate Bro. And let us know what your biggest takeaway was. This this is really helpful across the board just to get an understanding of where people are getting insights from and what you all got out of the interview because I've already heard some great feedback across the board, but we'd love to see people posting out there and sharing the takeaways. So if you all could do that for me, that would be incredibly helpful. Real quick, I want to show some love to one of our sponsors, Lessonly, and my guy, Kyle Lacey over there. It's a powerful yet simple readiness and training software for high growth sales teams. And as we all know, it's a virtual environment, so it's really important to have the remote teams on the same page so they can deliver amazing experiences to the customers and prospects. And I love their motto, by the way, do better work, check them out. They're helping major brands like HelloFresh, Goodwill, Birchbox, and Thrive Market do success. And a lot of their clients are saying that their software gives them a lot more confidence in the way that they onboard their new reps and their existing reps. That's massive. So if you're in the market for it, check them out. Easy to use, easy to adopt. It's Lessonly.com. So it's L-E-S-S-O-N-L-Y.com. And you can also click the link in the show notes to get there as well. Now, let's get into the one-up formula. What I'm going to talk about here is what most people think I'm going to talk about is video games. I'm going to tell you all what got me into video games. I'm going to tell you why I love them so much. And then I'm going to break down the top five that I mentioned on the podcast a little bit more. And if you are a gamer like myself, feel free to hit me up with your top five. Would love to know that as well. So let's let's get into it. So games, how did I get into it? So growing up, I wasn't a huge extroverted person. I didn't I didn't make friends that easily. I was really, really awkward. So if you listen to this podcast, or you know me, you're probably like, that doesn't make any sense, Morgan. I can't even envision that Morgan. Well, there was a Morgan who was not all about socializing people, very awkward, super timid, didn't really know what to say in conversations. I was I was a weird kid. So I pivoted and tried to figure out what I actually liked doing. And my parents ended up buying me 
a Sega Genesis, and then later on, I got a Super, an NSS, SNES, so Super Nintendo, essentially. And that's where I started. And obviously, on the Sega Genesis, what it's known for, Sega, if you know, <laughs> if you know Sega Genesis, but what it's known for is Sonic the Hedgehog. So I got really big into Sonic the Hedgehog, collecting coins, all that stuff. I really loved that game, and it allowed for me to find something that I actually enjoyed. And then the Super Nintendo, I started playing Kirby and all, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like games like that. And I started getting more and more involved into gaming. And gaming for me, to be very personal with you all, it helped me out a lot because I never I never had anything that I was good at. And also, like I, like I said, I didn't have that many friends and I wasn't I wasn't good at the social skills. I but I but all but across the board, I think what I learned is as I was playing games, it helped me get outside of my shell because I was learning things in the games, right? How people had teamwork, communication. Like I, I was picking up on those things. And I think naturally actually helped me in, in life, to be honest. Maybe they're for everyone, but that was like for me. So as I was playing Kirby, Sonic the Hedgehog, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like all these different games, and I started evolving with the systems uh, in 64 with Donkey Kong and Super Mario 64 and Star Fox and all those different things. I, I just started getting more comfortable about something that I enjoyed and liked. And I started making friends with other people because they liked video games too. So that's like how I started getting more social. I again, I never really was a huge social person. I, I grew into the extrovert that I am now, but I really wasn't one growing up. It's again very weird. So that's how I got into games, and I and I loved every single second of playing video games, and I learned a lot about life as a whole. And it's just interesting. Like you play certain games, and you just learn so much, and it was just so exciting, and it was an incredible experience that I had across the board, and so. As I learned more about the games, as I continuously met more friends, why did I continuously go? Because it allowed for me to talk to people about something that I was excited about, and it opened up certain things. So I would go over to people's houses and play GoldenEye, right? If you play, if you know what I'm talking about, GoldenEye, we'd play multiplayer. People would come over to my place and play it. And Super Smash Bros., we, people would come over and play that. Uh, there was a game around tanks, so we would play like co-op and, and things of that nature. So I made friends because of gaming. And because we had a common interest, it was easy for me to talk about things that I was excited about. And then I started learning more about them as a person, et cetera, like as we got beyond just gaming. But gaming is really where I started. And it's where I started really understanding what was for me and what I really enjoyed doing in life. And and across the board, this is it's really interesting because as I learned more about gaming, I obviously got better and better and better in it. And as I got better, I was able to win more multiplayer. I was able to beat my brothers in gaming, even though they didn't like that at all. So I just got really good because we would always just play games together. And that's how I really built, again, a lot of relationships and friendships was was through gaming because it was it was the language that I could speak. Obviously, I've evolved past them, but it means a lot to me because it is like one one up formula. I've realized if I don't play a game and get that at least hour of gaming in that I don't have a distressor. And if you don't have a distressor escapism, you can't be as successful as you want to be. So these are just things to be mindful of across the board is take the time to find out what your escapism is. Mine, and as you heard from Ross, Corporate Bro, we talked about gaming is this is this is it for us. Like we want to really get we really want to find escapism. We want to not be in the the depths of working every single minute. And so through that, right? 
after I got better and better at gaming, this is going to lead into the top five games. So I want to tell you all the top five games again. If you missed the episode or you missed that part or you haven't gotten to it yet. But I want to tell you all like the real reasons why like I love them. I, I briefly talked about it, but I want to go a little bit more in depth here. So again, with gaming, it's an escapism. It allows me to, to increase my creative thinking. And that's how I'm able to create certain pieces of content because I it allows me to get in a different creative space than I typically don't get into, which is incredible and amazing. And it allows me to improve hand-eye, hand-eye is true, hand-eye coordination and making quick decisions because in games, you got to be fast. And so the reason I'm telling you all that is because the my number one game of all time is Halo 2. Halo 2 is when Xbox just came out with Xbox Live and they came out with those... <laughs> flimsy headsets like you were <laughs> like the flimsy headsets y'all know what i'm talking about i would always break them because i would always get mad and like throw it on the ground and <clears throat> this is this is hilarious so obviously as over time i got more confident in my skills and gaming and i was probably one of the biggest trash talkers on multiplayer like and most people probably listening in probably wouldn't assume that for me but i was just talking trash i was like yo you're garbage like <laughs> like you're a trash i'd be like yo you need to get off this i would be roasting people like bad because i was just so in my zone and that's when i started gaining a, just a new level of confidence and as i got better in halo 2 i got up to there's out of 50 ranks i got to like 46 47 so like the like in the top one percent basically of like halo players like i could play really really well and so <laughs> this is this is the funny part is that I got approached by a team to join their ranked, ranked, like a ranked games. So I got offered to join like a clan. And this was like a really big moment for me because I didn't, I didn't really know that was a thing. I was like, oh, cool. I can be, I can be part of a, a ranked team. Like for me, this was like a foreign concept. And I was like, all right, this is like the coolest thing of all time. So I went into the tryouts. I made the team and we, Basically, we were called Alpha Omega. So we were named after Greek mythology and Roman mythology. And basically, I was Hermes. So Hermes is the god of speed and the god of thieves. Because I picked that name because in the game, I was on the team. I was like, my reaction time was super fast. And I was able to like get in and out of places. So like on the strategy side, we I would have a, I would a lot of I would like get the flag. I would get like the oddball if you played the game before, you know, what I'm talking about. So I would be the person getting those things because I was like one of the faster people to get things done. So that's why they call me Hermes. And so that's why I picked that name. And so it was like AO Zeus, AO, if you know mythology, AO Hades, all that stuff. So like it was like a legit thing. And we played like ranked games like every other week. Uh, we had some competitions for money. We didn't, we never won a tournament. We got close, like third, fourth, second, right? This is a highly competitive thing. So like this is, we were, I was in competitive gaming before it like became mainstream. So I was in it. We had practice and everything. And that's I want to this is why I want to talk about this game and why it means so much to me. Because this was the first time that I've done something on a highly competitive level that was ranked. And because it was such at a highly competitive level, we had to do practices. Like we had tryouts and all these different things. And I'd never been a part of this concept. I never had strategy sessions and practice sessions so for me one of the big things i've always focused on is having a strategy going into something which is like we talk about one of formulas but each game taught me something so halo 2 was strategy teamwork and communication all those things are incredibly important and it helped me when i got 
to play basketball because I was able to communicate and lead within my teams that I was playing travel basketball or whatever that is because I had I had done the same thing with Halo 2. The skills are transferable, which is like crazy to think about. So, yeah, I took a lot of that time to be strategic, think about the plan, practice, map out practices. Um, These are all things that you have to do today with yourself when it comes to sales, your business. You have to have a strategy and you have to communicate that with the team. And we did the same thing in Halo 2. So Halo 2 helped me build out those skill sets that allowed me to transfer those in my personal and professional life, which helped me become more social and helped me get out there more because I was making friends online and the funny thing is i've never met i never met any of these people like we did all online tournaments we never like met in person so like it's just funny but like that's how i like got better at communicating social skills etc so halo 2 is my probably my favorite game of all time and i don't know if i'll ever have that same experience with, with multiplayer because i obviously had a lot of time back in high school yeah high school is when i when i was doing that but yeah, I just don't, y'all know when you're in sales and business, you don't have time to be doing ranked games as the, the level of volume that you used to. But that was extremely fun. I had a blast doing that. And it just allowed me just to be more open. And, and I built so much confidence because I got, I was finally great at something and no one could take that away from you. When you get great at something, no one can take away that greatness. No one could take away the skill investment you put into it. I put a lot of time into Halo 2. And even if I hop back on the sticks, I'm not as because I hopped back on like a couple months ago with a couple of friends. I'm not as like top level as I used to be, but I'm, I can still hang with most people, which is which is awesome, you know, because you those skills you, you can't take away from you, right? I know, I know. Getting an interruption in the middle of the episode and having an ad pop up in the middle of a great point is the worst. However, I want to show some love to my organization and sponsor, JB Sales. And as many of you know, I started out giving out sales content on a YouTube channel and podcast called the SR Chronicles. And I created the one-up formula to figure out different concepts. However, on a day-to-day basis, I'm still talking about sales. And I am a business professional that happens to give out sales techniques and a sales trainer over at JB Sales. And we train reps for leading companies like Slack, Google, MindBody, Salesforce, and many fast-growing companies like that. And what some of you may not know, hot tip, is that you can access our content for yourself with our new on-demand platform. So people are constantly asking me for my sales tips and constantly asking questions from multiple platforms like on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and everything that I talk about is inside of the on-demand platform. And we're seeing crazy results from people all across the board. And people are DMing, telling me, hey, we're, we're scheduling 20X more meetings, 2X on our cold call conversions, and using video prospecting to schedule net new meetings into accounts they never were able to. So if you're interested in this, on these incredible results that we're seeing, feel free to check us out. And if you're in sales, and if you're looking to up your sales game, this is for you. So check us out, JB Sales On Demand over at ondemand.jbarrows.com. That's on demand, J-B-A-R-R-O-W-S.com. And per usual, I'll put the link in the show notes. All right, let's get back in the episode. Number two is Star Wars Knights of the Republic. I'm going to go with the first one, and it's because of the story. So one of the things in business and 
and sales is telling a great story. And if you can't tell a great story, it's hard for people to emotionally connect with you. So with Star Wars Knights of the Republic, the first one, they tell such an amazing and incredible story. I was captivated from the beginning. And there is strategy and things involved, but it's that's the reason why it's number one. If you played the game, the twist towards the end of the game is like, whoa, like I did not expect that to happen. So I've probably played that game nine times, probably re-rolled it nine times easily. And I'm considering doing it for a 10th time just because I love it so much. So yeah, Knights of the Republic, that's number two. And if you haven't played it before, I highly encourage you to do so. It is the core essence of what an RPG should be. And if you can do it the right way, then, ugh, I mean, it's just so beautiful. So that's like my, one of my escapisms is that I'll, I'll replay that game. I know everything that's going to happen, but it's just such a fun game to play and try out new classes, try out new talk tracks, befriend new people, make enemies of new people. It's just a really good time to pick out like the light side, dark side, and knowing the consequences of your actions. That's like the big thing about that game is that it sh- there are consequences to your actions and there are rewards for your actions and you have to choose them wisely. And that's the cool thing about the game is because based on what you do in the game, I mean, it either is going to end up really well for you, really bad for you. You're going to make some people angry. You're going to make some people happy. I just love that concept. And they made such a beautiful game. So Star Wars and Knights of the Republic, that is probably one of my favorite RPGs. I'll tell you my number one RPG. It's actually number four, but it's one of my favorite RPGs. But the reason it's ahead in number two is because of the story. The story is incredible and it teaches you how to tell great stories in business and sales. That's why it's for me. Number three is I'm mixing these together. Zelda, Zelda, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Now, Ocarina of Time is just an incredible piece. It's got, you know, the you got the Ocarina, right? And it's just a great game. Like Zelda just does it right. They get you immersed in the experience. They do a really good job of immersing you in the experience. How they do the dungeons and the puzzles, that is also good for me as well. And remember I talked about being creative thinking? Well, this allows for critical thinking. So creative and critical thinking when you play video games based on data and in the studies and science is it actually helps increase your creative and critical thinking when you play video games. Most people think that video games are toxic and they're a waste of time. That's, you know, that's up to you to decide. But I've done the research. I've read books on this because I really wanted to understand, like, I have a huge love for them. So I want to see what the benefits are or if there are no benefits and there definitely are benefits. Creative and critical thinking. So Zelda, it's at number three for both games because it enhances your creative and critical thinking skills. You have to solve puzzles. You have to figure out how to to get certain items. You got to figure out, okay, like how do I beat this boss and not get beat up every single minute? Like these are critical and creative thinking skills that you can use when you're selling, when you're in business and talking to other people. So take the time to try out these games that challenge your thinking, but you're still having fun. And that's what I've realized is that, okay, how did I become such a creative and critical thinker? I play video games to challenge that thought and to be more creative and to get more things out of it. So that's number three. And this is a hot take. Some of you may like tweet at me or Instagram me and be like, what the heck, Morgan? I'm, I'm going to have to say it right now. Got to let you know. Majora's Mask, I believe, is better than Ocarina of Time. The reason for that is I like the way that you can change masks to the, uh, the Orcas, the Gorgons, the 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 plant people sucked but other than that like changing the mass is probably one of the coolest things in the game like cool i'm gonna be a zorka i'm gonna be a gorgon and like now you're in it like it's the coolest thing to me of all time that's what made it awesome and then also i love the clock it's like okay you're in the game and you only have a certain amount of time to get this done you got the kid dancing and he's like yo you better figure this out i don't i don't know what it was i think the exhilaration of like you only got a certain amount of time to get this puzzle done go so like it creates 
urgency in the game from the get-go and you're trying to solve something and you know you don't have a lot of time. For me, I love that aspect versus Ocarina of Time. People obviously would say that's a better game. I just love Majora's Mask more. It was more dark Zelda and I like the dark themes and the vibes. But overall, creative thinking and also critical thinking is why I put that there. Number four is Elder Scrolls Morrowind. So most people know about Elder Scrolls. There's Arena, Daggerfall, Morrowind, Skyrim, and also uh, oh, Oblivion, then Skyrim. So there's five out there. Arena and Daggerfall are on the PSPC. Oblivion, Skyrim, they're on the new gens. And I believe next year, 2022, they're coming out with the sixth one, which is incredible because they went to that online system. I know obviously the money's there. I was really pissed off they did that, but now I'm glad that they're actually bringing it back to like what we all care about as gamers here. This is, this is a gamer episode, so if you're not a gamer, you probably are like, I don't know about this episode. Hey, I'm just telling y'all like gaming is where it's at. Helps increase that creative thinking skill. So let's talk about it. When it comes to the piece around why I love Elder Scrolls Marwin, it is the truest essence of an RPG. In most RPG games nowadays, you can fast travel. There's a map that tells you where to go. There's trackers. And it's pretty good information. Morrowind, if you played the game, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't played, it, it is, it is it's so exhilarating. So basically, in Morrowind, they say, hey, here's a quest. You have to go northwest of this town to find this cave. Now, here's the thing. They don't, <laughs> they don't give you any trackers. No one is guiding you. And there is no fast travel. So you have to walk there, basically. For me, that was like exciting. Like literally, I have I had a journal. I was at my parents' house still somewhere. And I would write, I would have to write down what the journal said. And then I would have to map out basically where to find it. And I also had a guide of what to do. And I also had websites I would have to go to just find to find these areas. So it was like I literally felt like I was part of a quest like I had a map I had to have people guide me I had people talking to me it was crazy crazy but it was so exciting because it was like this is a real RPG here this isn't something that's fake this is real like I actually gotta like write this down to get where I need to go so that's the reason why I love the Marwin the story is great the endings are great the clubs and the organizations you can drop you can join is great I'm hoping that they revamp it because it's I mean it's super old school like it was made like early i think maybe like mid early 2000s so like the <laughs> the the basically the non-playable characters the npcs are are not high gen let's just say that but it is a cool but it is an awesome experience because it is the true as of rpg that's why i love elder scrolls morrowind and then number five is kingdom hearts kingdom hearts is another rpg most most of these are yeah most of these are rpgs like i, I enjoy those games the most the multiplayer's Again, at the end of the day, like you just got to be either really good at them or like you play with your friends. But Kingdom Hearts is like the perfect mix. Obviously, Disney and Final Fantasy. I love Final Fantasy. I love Disney. So the fact that they brought them together in such an immersive way is incredible. Now, the story past Kingdom Hearts 1 gets extremely confusing and complicated. And so I'm, I didn't really put those on there. But Kingdom Hearts number one really drew me into the story and the Keyblades, the, the nobodies, like that whole story is awesome playing with goofy you <laughs> know playing with donald duck like it was just cool like i'm grew up on a lot of disney disney channel movies i love the concept of what disney's done and they will continuously innovate and be a great brand globally and just bringing those two worlds together while creating an rpg like final fantasy 
is why it's in my top five. And the story at the end and Riku and all those different things, if you play the game, you know what I'm talking about. Like, they just do such a fantastic job. Now, again, once it goes past Kingdom Hearts 1, it gets complicated. But I would say the first Kingdom Hearts really brings you in. It tells such a beautiful story. And the combat is on point. And also, as well, you get to beat up people in the Disney Channel movies. You're like, yo, <laughs> like this person was annoying. You finally get to beat them up, right? <laughs> so, like, that, that, that to me is cool. And you get to, like, ally with, like, Aladdin, right? You get to ally with, like, Tarzan, and they're part of your party. And, like, that to me was just really cool because, like, I grew up watching Tarzan and Aladdin. And now it's like they're teaming up with me. We're fighting. We're, you know, we're beating off all the villains and things of that nature. That's, like, I'm hyped talking about this. Like, it was just a really cool experience. And that's why it's my top five. So, those are my top five games. If you played them, hit me up. We'd love to hear more about your take. And we'd also love to hear your top five as well. And again, gaming is my escapism. And obviously, y'all can tell I'm really excited about it. I could talk about this for hours. But that's the biggest thing that I got away from Ross is just we just kind of geeked out on games there. But if you this is what I would tell you all as, as we wrap up. If you've been took a break from games or maybe you felt like you've been too busy for games. I've been there. I took a break from games for four years to focus on my work. And I'm finally I'm getting back into them and i realized how much i missed them and how much i needed them to like wind down so block off time to do this 45 minutes an hour to play games you don't need to play games all day long that's where people fall into the trap but it will help three things your creative thinking skills your critical thinking skills and also at the same time it'll help you be more strategic as a whole because the games i mentioned like four out of the five are very very strategic games and helps me think about strategy when i'm in my business and sales motion so i appreciate listening hopefully for all the gamers you love this episode and as always one up and i'll see you all soon <laughs>